TC Hill is not a doctor and does not claim to be a doctor or licensed in any type of medical field. Don't be an idiot and use anything heard on the show as medical advice. This information should be used for educational purposes only and you should contact your doctor for any medical advice. Now get off me. Welcome to Kick It Naturally. I'm Kenna McEnroe and I'm here with TC Hale, author, natural health expert. I'm TC Hale. I'm here with Kim McEnroe. Welcome to Naturally Naturally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not that good at that. Why, <laughs> let's don't have try to now. take that's, my job. Yeah, that's why we paid Kenna. Yeah, that's let's, right. Man, let's, let's, not, let's not have me try that again. <laughs> so uh, over to my left, Hottie Patati Will Schmidt's here today. Entertainer. Entertainer. Fitness trainer to the stars. <laughs> that too. Yeah, He's an entertainer that too. You gotta as well. Ma- you got to make ends meet. So. Exactly. We won't even go into that side business. Oops. Or the phones might blow up. Uh-huh. Today is another Ask Tony she show. She did it. Ask yeah, Tony. Nailed it. Nailed it. She was not profane when she listed the Ask not. Tony You title. know, I've actually just been doing that just so I could get in a cuss word. <laughs> yeah. I see. Okay. So that's how mature I am. Good to know. Uh-huh. So if you haven't followed us on Facebook, I don't know why not. We're that's the weird. coolest place on Facebook right, right. now. So go to Kick It In The Nuts. That's where we post all of our future show topics. You guys can post any questions or any show that you want us to do, and we'll and do we, it. And we do what we're told. Not That's any right. Show. We're like trained monkeys. Well, someone asked us if we would do a show on lima beans, and I was like, That's, I don't know how long we could talk about lima beans. Oh, I'm sure y'all could find some way to talk about it. And uh, talk challenge about accepted. Yeah. Today is lima Next beans. Week. Maybe we should prepare for that legumes, one a little bit. Or is, is a lima bean a, a Sure, I don't know. I guess we'll cover that on that episode. All right. I guess we'll just do questions then today. All right, so ask Tony. Here yo, yo, here we go, here we go. We're starting off with Justin from Boulder, Colorado. What are your thoughts on autoimmune disease? I've been suffering from ankylosing spondylitis. Nailed it. Hey, I'm two for two right now. Now I'm going to flub everything else. (laughs) For over 20 years now. My symptoms started when I was in my early teens and I got the diagnosis when I was 27. Thanks to my girlfriend who dragged me to the rheumatologist, I'm 37 now. I started taking a biologic called Enbrel at 29 and I could no longer handle the severe pain. Um, Okay. The Enbrel definitely improved my quality of life, but it's relatively new drug. It's a relatively new drug, and I'm concerned about the long-term use. I really want to kick it in the nuts naturally. I've tried GAPS, SCD, low starch, etc. The problem is whenever I try uh, any of these healing protocols, I feel so bad and exhausted that I cave. What should I do? Also, I was just diagnosed with microscopic colitis last month after having chronic diarrhea for two years, so I have problems digesting any of the safe foods, like all varieties of winter squash, sweet potatoes, and most vegetables. You can probably see my predicament because the foods that don't aggravate my diarrhea are the foods like white rice, skinless potatoes, and processed gluten-free grains loaded no fiber. I'm supposed to exclude all these foods on the healing protocols. I eat mostly wild seafood, grass-fed beef, she- grass-fed beef, shellfish, crustaceans, eggs. I've gone without eggs for a while. It doesn't seem to make a difference. And low FODMAP vegetables, veggies, well-cooked and pureed in homemade bone broth. I guess what I'm trying to say is when I eat the right foods, I can't handle it because I have no energy to do anything, including think. As a side note, I strength train two to three days a week. 
avoid chronic cardio, and practice yoga and meditation. Is AS one of those diseases that you're basically screwed with? And what is the best diet for colitis? I apologize for being all over the place. Thank you so much. I love your podcast and keep up the great work. Tell Kenna and Will I said hi. Aw, hi. So, um, Kenna and Will, Justin said hi. Yay. Thanks, hi, Tony. Hi. Hi, Justin. Yeah, Justin didn't mention Nina. He didn't mention yeah, saying hi to Nina. Nina. What up? Yeah. We'll say hi. Hi, Nina. We'll do Well, we got Nina Nina's covered. Waving. Don't worry about it. She's waving. Um, so there's a lot of stuff in here to talk about. I know that um, we'll talk about some postural stuff, things like that, that could be an effective factor. But let's get into some of these other things that are probably... You know, we're like jumping up and down to, what about this? What about this? What's what? the AS? What is that? That's just a short name. Well, yeah. I knew that, but what is it? Oh, so basically what happens is the spinal cord, it it can create a lot of pain and stuff, but it basically can start to fuse together. It's Ooh. a, It just gets really inflamed and all those tissues are uh, can kind of be, basically it's, they view it as autoimmune so it's kind of like the body's just attacking the spine oh, wow. is what they're saying is going on but it can cause the, the spine and some things down at the base there to fuse together and the person kind of has a hard time Moving bending in that area they end up hunching over a lot and stuff like that so oh, it can wow. create a lot of real pain and problems are there any other symptoms that go along with it that i'm yeah, i mean i've had a client that uh was diagnosed with ankylosing spondylitis and his his issues were according to the doctor like that were associated with this disease where he had like pain in his heel and his elbows and his shoulders and his hips we actually fixed all of those all of them through corrective exercises and it turned out to be all biomechanical like no, we not even looking at nutrition. Like they were all postural. Not saying that his are necessarily, but like I would say, like there's a lot of factors going on, and it's scary when you get a disease diagnosis like this, and you're like, oh no, I'm just like genetically screwed Ruined. forever. Yeah. When it actually, like, it could be a whole bunch of different things, all of which you can do something very effective about, and it may. It sounds like in Justin's case. There's definitely some really fundamental digestive issues that need for to be sure. overcome so that any diet could potentially work for him. So all these different diet strategies that he's on, like probably not going to work at all or to a significant degree until he fixes the foundations of his digestion. And then he could potentially start to get energy from his food and thrive on them. Yeah, so let's look, let's look at that real quick before we even get into the, any of the more advanced stuff. And we'll talk about some other things like even genetics when it comes to this particular uh, issue. But here's the deal. If you have diarrhea for two years, you're not digesting your food right. Like that's, there's, uh, you can't. Because, Did he say he had that? Yeah, he said oh, he Jesus. had diarrhea for two years. And so what's going on there, even if it is just a food sensitivity issue or some other issue that's creating the diarrhea is that that food is ripping through your system. It's racing through very quickly. So that means that those nutrients in the food that you ate are moving through too quickly to be properly assimilated. So your body can't get the nutrients that it needs. So that's an important thing to understand because one thing that they look at a lot is they say, a lot of people with AS will start to see uh, a thinning of the bones and a lot of compression fractures and stuff 
even as an early symptom of the disease. And that's a pretty big coincidence when you view a lot of autoimmune issues the way that we view them. And we're not saying that our view is right, but it just seems like a lot of our views are right. Yeah, it seems like that. So Yeah, so we're just going to go on that foundation. Um, so, <laughs> and, and we do have a whole issue about a whole episode on autoimmunity that it may have been two-part, I can't remember, but um, just see if you can find, search for that episode on, on kickitnaturally.com and, and listen to that because it'll have a lot of information. But let's just touch on a, a real quick about some types of autoimmunity are not really the body attacking itself. It's basically you, the body using itself as a 7-Eleven store. It's like since it can't get the nutrients that it needs through the foods that you're eating, it's going to eat itself. Yeah, and I would, I, I would like the autoimmune uh, episode that we talked about. I would also say he should listen to the ones we did on arthritis, inflammation, and osteoporosis, and energy production, like all of those. Just listen to all of the shows. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All, no, but those all are, 105 of but them. Yeah. They all get into this issue of like impaired cellular energy production and poor calcium metabolism, like calcium leaving the bones and entering the soft tissues. Like that's a big problem that occurs when regular cellular energy production is, is impaired. Right. So let's use an example and let's say that the body is looking for phosphorus, which is a mineral that can be used for a lot of things when the body is having a hard time and under a little bit of stress and not having the resources it needs to function. So let's say it digs into um, you know, connective tissue or even bones to pull this phosphorus out. What happens is calcium comes with that. And when the calcium comes with that, the body may use the phosphorus and then drop the calcium. So the calcium gets deposited in different types of tissues or even joints or even that spinal stuff. And that could be an issue that is basically fusing things together for some people is just these, it's basically like a turbo calcium deposit could be an issue. Yeah. And if, um, if he also wants to listen to our episode where we had Dr. Pollock on, it, you can check out his book, Cells, Gels, and the Engines of Life. And in that, he'll get into, to a degree, um, so does Ray Pete and uh, Gilbert Ling, where they talk about errant calcium metabolism. When regular cellular energy production's off, calcium will, as it gets pulled out of the bones, like through these catabolizing actions, it will end up getting uh, selectively deposited into the mitochondria. Of the cells and it creates all the swelling and inflammation and impairs mitochondrial further and that's just what has happened in that sort of metabolic equation of which electrolytes are selected to be part partitioned in and out so that whole electrolyte distribution thing matters a lot when we look at are your cells getting the fuel they need and able to use it because if they're not it's going to screw up calcium metabolism and cause these kind of inflammatory problems right so you can think of it like every time you go into the store to get something that you need they put it in a bag for you you walk out of the store you pull the thing out and you throw the bag on the ground so now do that for six months or a year or 30 years and you see that eventually that those empty bags are going to start to accumulate in places where they should not be. It's going to be harder for you to get in and out of the store. There's not going to be any parking spaces because there's garbage bags all over the place. So that's kind of what could be going on with the body 
when it's not getting the resources it needs, that calcium can get dropped, and so can other things um, that just create trouble. So uh, when you look at it that way, like having diarrhea for two years, why wouldn't you have issues like this? Why wouldn't you have the body saying, okay, you're not going to give me the nutrients I need. I'm going to find them myself. Mm-hmm. And, and that seems to be uh, what happens in a lot of cases. And, you know, Will has had clients with this. I have not. I don't want you to think that I have experience with this particular issue. But it's similar to a lot of things that we see, even rheumatoid arthritis type of stuff, is they look at it like all of a sudden the body wants to attack bones and attack joints and all this stuff. But it just so happens that all the, you know, most of the people that we see with rheumatoid arthritis are severely catabolic and their body is breaking down tissue because it's in the breakdown state or because it's looking for resources it doesn't have so it breaks it down from the body and and it's not just mad the body's not mad at bones and like just yelling at it and going to attack it and break it down for no reason there's usually a reason that these things happen mm-hmm. um, but one thing that was very interesting when I was looking at stuff about this was that they say that 90% of the people with this issue have a specific uh um, gene uh, that a lot of people don't, a lot of other people don't have. So that's very interesting to me. So, but what it makes people do is say, "This is genetic. There's nothing I could do about it." Um, but there may be just something in this gene that uh, triggers the body to deal with this problem in this way. But that still allows you to have the opportunity to just remove the problem so that the body doesn't have to deal with it in this horrible way. A perfect example is, um, you know, my iron overload issues. I have a hereditary uh, malfunction that causes my body to absorb more iron than most people would, which can create death. Death is not what you're looking for. Death is not optimal. So, but that doesn't mean that I'm just stuck with death. That just means that I have to adjust things so that my body is not dealing with that problem. So even with genetic issues that are legit, you know, like it sounds like this is a, you know, 90% is a lot. I have no idea if that's accurate or not. But even if your body is going to deal with this problem in this horrible way, it doesn't mean that you can't take other steps to improve the problem. Yeah, so I mean, I guess in summation for Justin, we would say like, you really, really gotta do maybe see a GI specialist or some like you know functional medicine doctor, or definitely take the almost free digestive course to try to fix your improve your ability to process foods, and also um, on these elimination diets, he may have read somewhere like, oh, I can't eat any carbohydrates because they cause they contribute to the problem, like uh, and so he doesn't, and then he has no energy. I would question. Do you like? Are you doing better or worse on on avoiding carbohydrates and experiment with it? Work on improving your digestive capacity and start monitoring your chemistry. Like we teach how to do different self tests to see where your body is in and out of balance and some important measurements like your urine pH and saliva pH and breath rate and blood pressure. So start paying attention to those numbers and start customizing your diet to really suit you rather than just necessarily like an AIP protocol or a food map, FODMAPs diet, like what's working for you? Right, so there's two things to look about with the energy, look at with the energy thing is that 
um, you know, especially like the SCD diet, which is the specific carbohydrate diet or any of these other things that you've tried, if you do knock out all the carbs, but you haven't fixed your ability to properly process proteins um, or fats, no, you're not going to have any fuel. There's no, there's no fuel source there because the body uses those three things as fuel source in one way or another. Then another, another factor is that different carbs react very differently. It seems like Justin had a, maybe that was someone else, but didn't he say something about that he heard that he should remove grains or something like that? I mean, I can't. Oh, that's uh, my, there was Michaela. The next one. Oh, okay, that's somebody else's question. Okay, sorry, but um, but there's a lot of different sources of carbs, and you could maybe use fructose and fruits, and there's there's a lot of different things if you find that you need that, and in the beginning, you likely will until you can better process proteins and fats and and use those for fuel as well. And there's other factors that could go into play when you're figuring out how many carbs you need so we teach all that in the almost free digestion course too um, so you can check that out but uh, so that's one big factor there did I cover two factors um, well he also said like he does strength training two or three times a week which is a high demand energy that takes a lot of glucose a lot of blood sugar glycogen and if you're trying to do a no carb diet because you heard that was like anti-inflammatory and you're putting these huge like strength training demands on your body, it's gonna create a lot of stress hormones. Like it's gonna elevate cortisol and adrenaline a lot. And those things can contribute a lot to inflammation when your cells don't have the glucose it needs. And to the body saying, hey, I need more resources for this. Where Mm -hmm. can I get them? Oh, how about I pull them out of your spine? Yeah, catabolism of your proteins, air and calcium metabolism. Um, And uh, oh, the other thing was the colitis thing is that I wanted to say. We have a whole episode on IBS, Crohn's, colitis that you should listen to, but understand that it's very common for that to come about because bile is not flowing well enough to neutralize the acid leaving the stomach the acid keeps moving through the intestinal tract and damages the intestinal tract creating the inflammation or the itis of colitis so if you can fix bile flow we hear from a lot of people who improve those issues when once bile is flowing properly yeah i think maybe on last thing I'll say on this case is to um, not that you should ignore diagnosis from your doctor but maybe just start thinking more in terms of what's causing inflammation what's causing like these specific symptoms like okay yeah I get it you got a label about like that's the blanket term of things but look specifically why would your cells be doing that why is your digestion off specifically and then you can start to take specific steps to help it good now is there anything that you can mention me, you know, maybe, the, Justin just sounds like a very nutritional case with everything else that's going on with him. But maybe other people are more like your client, and what kind of things, uh, or where could they go and find on your site more info about yeah. how to look at the postural stuff? Sure. So they can. There's two places. One is um, smartyogaforpainrelief.com. There's a little mailing list sign up where I'm, I'm sending out new info about anti-inflammatory and corrective exercises and things like that to deal with these kind of body pain related issues so you can go to smartyogaforpainrelief.com and subscribe to the little mailing list there and uh, also like to people who sign up for that I'll also send out notice when that full book comes out maybe in another few months or something okay, great. Uh, and then also on mybodyofknowledge.net there's already some uh, videos some pain relief videos and education about biomechanics and posture so if you just type in the search box uh, pain relief at mybodyofknowledge.net you'll see the pages for that 
Okay, let's cool. take a break because Kenna wants to tell us some stuff. I want to tell you stuff. All yeah, right. what kind of stuff do you want to tell us, Kenna? And will you nail it like you did last week? I don't know. With all that pressure, probably not. If you'd like to learn how to become a health coach or even just dig into more advanced teachings for yourself or your family, go to healthprocourse.com to learn about Tony and Will's course for coaches. Registration for this course only opens to see. Registration Ooh. for this course only opens to the public for about a week at a time, so be sure to register for the coach newsletter so you'll be notified when the next registration opens. You'll find more info at healthprocourse.com. I just did that on purpose. Let's go. So people wouldn't think right. I was so perfect. Right. Because that, that has been a problem for It us. has for many years. Let's go to Arizona. All right. Michaela. I think that's how you say it, huh? <laughs> Michaela. It's just a Michael, Michaela? Yeah. Oh, you know her? No, but oh. I've seen that name. Oh, okay. <laughs> Arizona. I have been Arizona. Listen- Arizona. <laughs> I've been listening to your podcast. I've been listening to your podcast. I've also purchased your book, Kick Your Fat in the Nuts. Sounds like she might be a stalker. <laughs> Even after being careful what I'm eating, my total cholesterol is 197. My, my LDLC is 137 and my LDLP is 1655. That's 1655 or 1655, whatever you prefer. I was told that the LDLP is extremely high and I should be concerned about it. As I've been researching online, how to lower small, the small particles suggestion is to avoid grains. What is your opinion on this? Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, I knew there was a grains thing in one of those yeah, questions yeah, yeah. that I looked over. You don't like grains in general, huh? Yeah, I love it when people avoid grains. I think it's fantastic. Just because... Um, you, and not that all people need to avoid grains, and I think that there's people that that sh- can eat grains and that it's beneficial. Horses situation- are good with grains and oats. Good and job, horses. Yeah. Um, but when someone has an issue and they want to start eliminating some of the things that are problematic, grains is really one of the first things I like to see them drop. Do you have a number two that you like to see people drop? Mm. Rollos. I, I don't like to see people eat a lot of rollos. Yeah, those are, I've never found them. Do they really. still have rollos? I. So, uh, yeah, I think so with the chocolate and the caramel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Can I know? I've got some in my purse right now. (laughs) (laughs) No, but like sugar and things like that, I like to see people. But, okay, so let's let's dig into this a little bit then because there's a few things to look at here. And um, first of all, when is it? It's Mike. It's so it's the girl's name, right? It's Michael with an A at the end. Michaela. Okay. Michaela. You ever have that sensation when you okay. know you're totally right, but you're just going to let it <laughs> like, okay. Oh, go ahead. But go you ahead. say it. Michaela. But you said it, Michaela, right? Okay. Michaela. She can email and correct me. her name. You remember uh, Nissa was asking <laughs> a lot of like, questions Nisa. for a long time, and I was like, I think it's Nisa. And she emailed me. She's like, no, it's Nissa. So I had it right. You had it right. Can uh. I have it right? Um, but she says that, or we're going to say she, because we're going to go with Will being right. But she says that. Even after being careful what I'm eating, my total cholesterol is 197, which makes me think that she is going along with the thought that 197 for total cholesterol is too high. And a lot of doctors are saying that now. And what we say is that we don't agree with a lot of doctors, especially on that topic. Yeah. Because for decades, really, they were like 220 is the perfect cholesterol. And then all of a sudden, it became anything over 200, you had to be on a statin and you, 
you have to lower that cholesterol or you're going to die in the next 15 minutes or so. Cha-ching. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's a big raise in sales. You know, yeah. not, not, not that I'm saying that's the motivation for oh, them no, to say that. Oh, no, you would never say I would that. never say something like that. But, you know, if 30% of the population is between 200 and 220, which used to be considered perfect, when they make that switch overnight, that's a 30% increase in sales. That's one gazillion dollars. Would I? Yeah, fully. Would you be concerned about her LDL numbers? And the total cholesterol, I agree. Like, yeah, it's under two hundred. Like, that's that's maybe essentially totally normal. But with a high, like, I guess there's like cancers associated with elevated LDLPs. Right, and so also the LDLP is higher than where they like to see it too. And when I look at that, like, they want it to be under a thousand. And and when I view that, it kind of makes me wonder. Well, I wonder if it really could be a little bit higher, just like we know the cholesterol is optimal a little bit higher. But there's a lot more that a person has to look at with this because in any of the cholesterol numbers, you don't want to just look at the cholesterol number and say, okay, this is a problem or this is fine. Um, Because two different people could have these exact same numbers and one could have super high blood pressure and almost no liver function and you know it's it's a lot different from somebody who has everything else going right their blood sugars in line all that stuff is working so that's one thing that you know a person has to look at before they figure out okay do I really need to worry about this or not um, the other thing is that sometimes cholesterol numbers are lower than you know especially the one looking at total cholesterol a lot of times it's lower just because the liver is so jacked up that it can't function well enough to make the enough cholesterol that the body is requiring. So you can't just look at a low cholesterol number and say, oh, well, that's, that's okay too. So in both situations, you really need to look at more than just these numbers. Now, as far as improving the whole cholesterol uh, situation in the body, the thing that we see work the best is look at what's going on with your blood sugar, with your starch and carbohydrate intake. Is your body able to process those carbohydrates when you're eating them? I mean, that's a really big deal. And if it's not, you got to make the changes and you got to change what you're eating too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that can really get in the way of, we talked about them just last week kind of extensively about things that in impair the ability of the cells to use glucose and end up getting stored as triglycerides and these low density lipids so i would um, maybe like check into that like what in your system like elevated stress hormones elevated estrogen elevated cortisol too many unsaturated fats um, you know other elevated d-lactic acid all these different metabolic impediments to cellular respiration that can get in the way of those carbohydrates being used for energy and um, cause them to end up being stored as triglycerides and LDL. Yeah, and I really like for someone to look at not you know not only journal what what are you eating. Let's really look take a look at it. Don't just assume that you're doing well. Um, but I also like people to look at their fasting blood sugar just to get an indication of how well the body is processing the carbs that they are eating. And if that fasting blood sugar is is higher, you know, if it's, you know, near 100 or, or even higher, then that's a pretty strong indication that, okay, I, I need to make some adjustments, probably starting with the amount of carbohydrates I'm consuming, but then I need to look at what's causing the problem that 
is not allowing my body to process carbohydrates better. Right, and, and it could be something mysterious to you. Like, uh, it could be, for example, like maybe your thyroid is underactive. Say you're not digesting protein effectively. That impairs your endocrine system and thyroid function. So you stop, that your cells stop receiving thyroid hormone, which would stimulate glucose metabolism or utilization of glucose and also the thyroid uses up cholesterol as it works so instead of using up the cholesterol you're uh, you know for regular cellular metabolism you're instead getting this accumulation of a particularly bad kind of cholesterol as those carbs get un- underutilized and the thyroid underutilizes the cholesterol so when you're saying that when the when the carbs are underutilized, that not only is the body not getting the carbs it needs, but or the glucose it needs, but all this other stuff is accumulating too. Yeah, so the thyroid's not using it up, and the body's synthesizing more of it to deal with these triglycerides. Right. So, in another angle of a similar situation is, is, you know, what if you're eating all these carbs but you can't help it, and in most cases that's a problem of the body's inability to uh, digest fats correctly and break down protein correctly. And so you're kind of stuck with your body screaming for carbs and sugars that are easier to break down, but that doesn't mean that all the cells can use them. But people get stuck like that, and then they start eating too many carbs and sugars. The cells start to become completely resistant to that, and more sugar accumulates in the bloodstream. And, and, and you can see where all these cholesterol issues could be magnified by all that and the high insulin levels all the time. That's usually where this comes about. So. It's more important to look at what's going on with you so that you can see which aspects of that can I improve to kind of bring this under control. Mm-hmm. But, you know, grains is a great place to start, but don't get rid of all the grains and have seven baked potatoes at lunch. It's it's going to do the same thing. Yeah, I would, I would say it should be good for her to start off with the, the digestive course, not only to troubleshoot issues that might be happening there, but also to learn how to do those self-tests we talk about to see these different parameters you're saying to pay attention to. Yeah, you want to be able to monitor them as you make changes so you know what's improving. Mm-hmm. All right. Rick from the support group. More info on toxins. In the book, you mention artificial ingredients and sweeteners, chlorine and fluoride, but toxins can be everywhere. I'm pretty low maintenance, but when I look at other people, I have to wonder if they know what they're possibly putting into and on their bodies. You can wash with scented soap, scented shampoo and conditioner, use astringents, clarifiers, shaving cream, antiperspirant, deodorant, moisturizer, makeup, hairspray, perfume, then put on clothes that were washed in detergents and fabric softeners, etc., all covered in cleaning products, not to mention breathing in these things while you're putting them on. What are some of the worst ones we should try to avoid? Yeah, I like Rick. Rick, Rick he comes up with some good topics, and he... Uh... He shares them with us to cover. And, Keeps and this, you on your toes. Right. And, and so, you know, this is a, a, a thing because you, you, I think we've talked on other shows that you just can't avoid everything out there. It's just, it's just not possible. You have to live in a bubble like John Travolta in that Bubble Boy movie. But then even you're, if you're in that bubble. There's also polycarbons from the yeah, bubble. Yeah. <laughs> there's just there's a, lot of, there's a lot of problems that can come from that. But what we usually like to talk about is that, um, Every person needs to look at what can what is the toxic load that their body can deal with. You know, when I first started learning all this stuff and I was on medications, was a little bit of a baby. I was very much of a baby, and uh, you couldn't clean anything anywhere near me. You couldn't wear any kind of perfume because it just affected me so much. Uh, but once my body got better at handling toxicity, 
it, it became less of a deal. So I, I think as far as figuring out which ones are worse, I mean, there's a kajillion different things and some of them, you know, like aluminum and all these things are going to be worse for someone who has a hard time with heavy metals. And there's going to be other issues that are going to be worse for people that have uh, poor liver function. And so there's a lot of variety there. But what I like to suggest to people is, first of all, remove the things that are easy for you to remove. Like we put a, a filter in the shower because that was easy to do. That was 40 bucks and I just screw it on there and I'm done. And it, and it handles that every day. So that's a, a percentage of toxins that were coming out of the shower and go into that steam and you end up breathing all that stuff in. It was removing a percentage of that. So that improved the situation a small percentage, but it was an easy thing. Um, you can remove a lot of the harsh chemicals that you might be cleaning with or laundry detergents and all those things if you feel like you need to. But what I really like to see people do is improve their body's ability to get rid of junk that it needs to get rid of. So let's. what are we looking at there, Will Schmidt? Bile flow, stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, bile being one of the main detox pathways the body likes to use. If that's not working well, you're going to get like just you know continual accumulation of not only environmental toxins but also metabolic toxins like waste products your dead cells that your body is constantly turning over and just meta you know the metabolic byproducts of cellular energy production they all need to get cleared out and um, if your bile flow is backed up you're going to experience more accumulation of that garbage in your liver and your bloodstream and your soft tissues yeah and think about that if digestion is not working well to break down the food that you eat Everything that you eat is turning into garbage. So that's a big load of garbage on the body to where if that was functioning correctly, if a little bit of scented shampoo seeped into your head that had some freaky chemicals in it, the body could be like, oh, there's those freaky chemicals again. I can get those out. But if the body is screaming every five minutes, like, what did this cheeseburger turn into? I can't deal with this. Then the freaky chemicals in the scented shampoo are going to become a burden that becomes more than the body can deal with and can create problems. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a huge metabolic load if you have if you don't have sufficient stomach acid or if you don't have good bile flow, both of those are supposed to be sterilizing agents that kill the microbes and pathogens that are just everywhere on the food you eat whether you're eating a salad or beef, whatever there's pathogens on it and our stomach acid is supposed to kill them off. And then bile is supposed to kill everything that survived the acid bath. And if they don't, then those bacteria can thrive in your gut and create a whole bunch of exotoxins like D-lactic acid and a whole bunch of other weird sure. alcohols and stuff. And those are toxins that you got from like organic grass-fed beef. Like, oh, what a bummer. You know, or even, I paid or, so much more for yeah, Or even organic grass-fed grass. Like it could, any of that, you know, could be problematic if you're, if you've got like, um, food that does not get sterilized properly by the digestive fluids. Organic grass. So you're just going to bypass the cow? I used to buy eating the grass. I used to buy wheat grass and right. chew oh, it. Oh, okay, okay. I juiced it, chewed it straight. Like, that was gross. But. Right. <laughs> and, of course, environmental factors come into play with that. And where do you live? You know, pollution is worse here than Ugh. it would be in, like, you know, I don't know, some place that's not here. And... Uh, you know, you also look at other factors of the body, you know, the stress of the person that they're dealing with. Uh, so it's kind of a thing where you have to weigh the burden that the bodies deal with, with what kind of burdens do I want to add to it? And then you have to figure out, okay, what effort do I want to put into reducing 
these toxins that are coming in and what effort do I want to put into helping the body function better so the body can deal with more toxins and individual I mean it's all about individual but like even little things like with perfume or cologne don't put it on your skin put it on your shirt you know before you put it on yeah and it, it can still count but it would count less yeah less yeah and but also don't try to avoid every single toxin because that's going to be a stress in itself mm-hmm. which is going to create problems so I just like to find some balance and see what's easy to do and while I'm helping my body function at a higher level. There are a couple other ones that um, that are really commonly added to even health foods like carrageenan, guar gum, a couple of the other like emulsifiers and gums that we see in a lot of like almond milk or coconut milk even. Right. There's like 30 ingredients in coconut milk. I'm like, come really? on, dude. It's just, yeah. just, make, just milk Put the coconut in a box, whatever you need. You know, but it's, you know, let's we'll see titanium dioxide and all these other things. Ray Pete has a good article called, I think it's called Carrageen and Other Food Junk or something like that at RayPete.com. Um, but there, there he talks about a lot of the really commonly used uh, gums and emulsifying agents and stuff that will impair thyroid function or compromise intestinal health. So that's a good place to look too. Yeah. Yeah. So re- remove what you can and help your body function better for the things that you can't. Today, all our listeners can get a free audiobook from Audible.com. Just go to kickitinthenuts.com forward slash audiobook for the details. We answered everybody's questions, so we we did good. Yeah, good good job, Rick and everybody, and we'll see you next week. All right, if you want to learn more about how to look at your own chemistry, you can read any of Tony's books or take the almost free four-week digestion course at kickitnaturally.com. Or you can head on over to willsmybodyofknowledge.net. It's got a lot of great articles, blogs, exercises, and all kinds of jazzy stuff there. So check it out. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Learn more about today's topic by becoming a KIY member and gain access to our members-only podcast episodes. That's where we dig deeper into each topic and share the secrets that help our clients and coaches see such amazing results. You'll also gain access to our private support group where you can ask us questions when you get stuck. It's only $9 a month and you get free shipping at naturalreference.com, which can save you like $9 a month. So do the math and join the Kick It Yourself KIY gang. Go to kickitnaturally.com forward slash K-I-Y and we'll see you on the inside.